You are listening to a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are solely those of the program producer or sponsor and not those of NRG Media LLC. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. We have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you're having a great day. I'm actually fired up today because we had a lot of news this last week on all fronts as it relates to health care reform and the Affordable Care Act, which is the focus of this program, America's Health Care Challenge. Been doing this going on four years. I am Sean McGuire, 402-342-1290. If you would like to join the conversation at any time, check out the Facebook page.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge for the stories that we are going to be talking about this week, and I tell you what, there are plenty to talk about. First up for you is an interesting story that caught our attention, and we're going to talk about this in depth during segment three, and that is the Congressional Budget Office, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, revealed a new cost estimate for the Affordable Care Act. Now, these cost estimates come out over 10-year periods, and the ACA had a 10-year implementation period it actually celebrated a birthday this week, so during segment four, we're going to celebrate uh, the ACA uh, birthday and look back at some of uh, our, our fonder moments. I particularly remember the terrible twos, uh, which was when uh, healthcare.gov was getting put together, and we're going to have some information on that if you are a person that might have to be doing an appeal through healthcare.gov. You're going to still have to do that through paper, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But what I wanted to talk about was how the allegation that the Affordable Care Act is going to lower costs, what actually happened. It was to, We were told that it was going to cost between eight and $900 billion over 10 years. So that would have been from 2010 to 2020. Healthcare 2020 is going to be quite interesting, folks. We're now from 2016 to 2026 as they're looking out at these numbers. And remember, all of the cost containment in the Affordable Care Act was on the back end, meaning that in the years 2020, it was supposed to save money. And we were told that this law was going to be budget neutral because everybody's going to have insurance and we're not going to have this massive cost shift driving up premiums for other people. And we'll, we'll talk if that is actually the case coming up as well here on the program but the new cost estimate comes in it and much more uh, more expensive and we're going to give you the reason why when alan hager uh, our, our contributor extraordinaire co-host joining us here in a second after i give you my main story we're going to break down in depth the costs and i want you to understand why the costs are going to go up. And you know why it's important? It's important because, number one, it affects your wallet in that you are a healthcare consumer. We are seeing deductibles going up. So if you do utilize healthcare services, you're going to be paying more out of your pocket for those services, especially as employers see rising healthcare costs force them to make shifts in their insurance plans, leading people to have to pay more out-of-pocket in the forms of co-pays or drug payments or other things along those lines. But what's other, the other thing that's problematic, and this is what irritates me as an American, and by the way, just so you know, we do this show as a public service. Edie Bellis is the organization that does this because we are very uh, worried about what the impact of this law and other changes coming out of Washington has on everyday Americans and also on business owners. And what worries me is what this law is going to really cost us. Nobody really understands what the ACA is really going to cost us. We joke around sometimes saying that it's the Unaffordable Don't Care Act. And when you look at the execution from the federal government, that would certainly 
suggest that, but we're now seeing the law come in at over a trillion dollars, over $1.2 trillion, much more expensive than we had originally been told. They're covering less than we were expected to cover. By the end of 2020, they were expecting that 32 million people would be covered. We're about halfway there, and the law is going to be costing more than they had initially expected. So I just wanted you to know that and shift into my main story of the week, which is a study that we found. Uh, I had a great time. It came out uh, March 18th, the price effects of cross-market hospital mergers. Now, that's a mouthful, I'm sure, but I had an enjoyable time reading this article because it is evidence to everything we've been saying on this program and that our predictions and analysis that we've been saying for nearly four years are starting to come through. And we've been talking about the challenges of mergers in the industry. We've spent considerable segments talking about how insurance companies have been merging, how pharmaceutical companies have been merging, how uh, drug stores have been merging, and now even more than ever, hospital systems are merging. And let's take an example of, let's say hospital A is uh, headquartered out of Dallas, Texas, and they have other hospital systems that they're working with, and maybe they want to get into the to a, a bigger marketplace, so they would try and purchase a system out of, let's say, um, Missouri, and uh, out of a big market, so they want it to get that. What could happen is essentially less choice and higher costs for individuals. And the reason why is insurance companies are, are creative, number one, with their, their networks. We had some things happen uh, here locally in the Omaha market with insurance uh, networks, and so that's an important part of the equation. And they essentially need to have the main hospital in their network in order for them to be successful because the consumers, and in particular, and more importantly, employers, for now at least, uh, need to have options from insurance companies. And this study talks about what, what's happening is the hospital providers, especially these bigger ones, as they get bigger and bigger and bigger and get massive, they have the upper hand in these negotiations, and there's nothing that's stopping them from raising the prices and the insurance companies have to pay it if they want to get keep the customers. And so as we look at how things are going up with the Congressional Budget Office, we see now that healthcare providers really have nothing to stop them. And this paper explores some of the other things that Alan has talked about with the, the FTC. And we'll visit more about that later. There's uh, really needs to be a major conversation that needs to be had, and that's why we have uh, this show, America's Healthcare Challenge, which, by the way, is the first and most listened to radio program on the Affordable Care Act. And you can check out all of our segments on the SoundCloud page, and there's quite a few of them. They're pretty good. It's good listening. You'll learn a lot. But what I wanted you to understand right now is that healthcare costs are going to continue to go up, and we're going to really understand why that's my goal for you at the end of the program understand some of the reasons why healthcare costs are going to go up and alan is going to join me here next segment and we're going to break that down and talk about what can we do to actually fix this and have a conversation and dialogue about making this uh, a better place i guess you could say you're listening to america's healthcare challenge we'll be right back Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Are you feeling overwhelmed? 
overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Now that you've heard of Sean McGuire and HealthReformExplained.com, maybe it's time for his team to assess your company's situation. We have innovative strategies to help navigate this new maze created by the Affordable Care Act. For more, go to HealthReformExplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. We're going to have a trivia question at the end of the show, but without using Google, and I know that's probably impossible for somebody, if somebody can actually tell me what an IRS-8508-I form is and what it actually means, you will get a special prize. Joining us here on America's Healthcare Challenge is Alan Hager. Uh, first shot to you. Do you know what an IRS <laughs> 8508 form is? I wish I could tell you, but I don't. Okay. We'll tell you what that is at the bottom of the hour, but if you're a business owner, especially a business owner that has over 250 employees, it's something that's very important that you need to know about. Oh, that's cool. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a really busy week this week in in healthcare and healthcare reform news. And so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, what we have left of the show. I would say there was a lot happening in, in relation. I mean, there's always something happening. That's why we're able to have this show because there's totally enough to talk about. But I would say this was an above average week as far as activity on, on the news. And what do we have here on our schedule and our outline? What was it? Uh, the first one that we have up that we wanted to visit about. Number one, you mentioned uh, the healthcare.gov thing. Let's talk about that before we get into this uh, CBO analysis that I set up last week. But I just wanted to point out this healthcare.gov thing because it's number one important for you because if you read that modern healthcare article, we'll see that businesses are, uh, or, or no, excuse me, like individuals are losing healthcare coverage through healthcare.gov because they haven't, for example, verified their eligibility through through the system and it was supposed to be automated right yep and it's still not automated so they're consistent with their delays all the way across the board it seems like yes they're totally consistent with every delay that they've thrown they have no clue what they're doing in it and yet again cms delays moving the appeals and subsidy payment processes online uh just goes right in line with what we've had as far as a healthcare.gov fail in my opinion, for the last three years. Uh, Remember, not, we, uh, not only, we we outperformed. Yeah, we outperformed go. them uh, when it first went live. And not only that, but I also saw a star, an article where, yeah, we talked about the healthcare hack on healthcare.gov. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure enough, there was uh, a hack of healthcare.gov. Now, they didn't get all the essential information, you know, your date of birth, social security number, and all your healthcare information that you provide to healthcare.gov, but they did get some. And so at the end of the day, you know, all of the security experts, in, including this show, was absolutely right, saying it was unsecure, they needed to get rid of it, and start from scratch. And the problem was it was the central data hub, right? Yes. Yes. Can you help the listeners understand what, what exactly the central data hub was? So basically, central data hub is where all the all the data from healthcare.gov resides. So if you sign up for health insurance, which you're mandated to do. Correct. And we're, we were reminded that Matt reminded us this week we're going to play that clip. Uh, we got some good activity on our Facebook pages. Uh, you know, because the penalties are starting. So you, if you do want to avoid the penalty, what do you have to do? You have to go through healthcare.gov. You have to go through healthcare.gov and fill out the information. Right. But it's not affordable. It's well, not, not affordable. Not That's irrelevant right now. Well, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other segment at least. What's in problem is, is that it's not um, running optimally. And the reason why was this federal data hub, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and what happened was... 
if I recall, they didn't have enough space to allow, you know, enough pipe or bandwidth to allow enough people to connect. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, there were they had to extend the timeline. Remember, they had to extend the time frame for people because they didn't have enough bandwidth and not, you know, you could only get like maybe 10 people signed up a day <laughs> at the beginning. I mean, this is a site where they expected 30 billion people to sign up and they only got 10 the first week, if mm-hmm. that. And so at the end of the day, this is a joke, man. This is ridiculous. What bothers me is that people are getting penalized, number one, uh, if they don't have it, which is in the law. And that's one of the things that, you know, has gone all the way to the Supreme Court, for example. But what's worse is that for some reason, say you are sick and you have insurance and you didn't you get a letter from the government. You didn't understand what it meant and you don't send it in. You lose your health insurance. Well, yeah. And that's real. I see Matt moving the microphone. I didn't know if he would, if we uh, tripped his trigger over there, but that is a problem. Well, it's just like this stupid appeals process. The paper-based appeals process was supposed to end in 2014. Here we are in 2016. We're, we're two years, two years after it was supposed to be ending, and they still haven't figured out how to put this crap online. Maybe they need to go to Silicon Valley and get some real people and not make Silicon Valley mad like the other parts of the administration have. I'm going to editorialize right there. They certainly did it for their political campaign. Why can't they do it for when they govern? Thank you. That's all I'm going to say on that front. But what also was a problem is that um, insurers, insurance companies, are mandated to to be interfaced with their, their system Right. And if right. they don't, they lose uh, 25 percent uh, of the payments, taxpayer dollar payments that go go towards the subsidies. So that's going to make them lose even more. Speaking of that note, the CMS also announced a small delay in its efforts to pay premium and cost sharing subsidies to exchange plans through an automated process. So they're still paying them manually. Right. Which probably means that there's a lot of fraud and failure in the system. You think? Oh, come on. I mean, think if if it's all manual based, hell yeah, there is. You can't tell me. This is the government we're talking about. Well, the other oxymoron on that point is that you can't. How do I say this? Like, you just can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't use the fact that they, uh, they used saving uh, fraud as a way to pay for the law, I guess is what I was going to say. They said mm-hmm. we're, the Affordable Care Act is going to be budget neutral because $50 billion of savings is going to come from reducing fraud from the system, and they're actually introducing more fraud. And we've got somebody on the line, 402-342-1290 is another line open, but Patrick is fired up. I must have struck a chord. Hey, Patrick, how's it going today? I like your program. Let me let me come to the point here. I was in the insurance business for 31 years. Uh, I know a little bit about what's going on. If I can make a couple statements, you can get me off the air here and, and come to your own conclusion. Our The health insurance industry was losing its rear end, the Prudentials, the John Hancocks, the New York Lives, Mutual United of Omaha, the largest health insurance company in the world. I could go on and on. They couldn't make it. They couldn't keep a a cap on these costs. Now, that's a fact. Number two, how can we possibly expect the government, okay, to keep costs down? It is not going to happen. They have colluded with now these prior companies that I've mentioned, along with several hundred others, and they're not going to keep the cost down. They're going to continue to go up, up, and up. Number three, Let's face it, the American people, as a general rule, are not informed on the major issues facing this country today. They're simply uh, turning out kids uh, in our public schools, general statement, they can't read, write, speak, comprehend the King's English, or perform basic math. They don't know what's going on. They really don't. They hit Dodd Street, and uh, they're in another world. They're in shock, okay? We're electing people to office 
whether on the far left or right, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, that are making all these promises when they're running for office. And I've run politicians around all my life, trust me on this statement, and they believe them. And then when they get in there to office, they're not, they're not answerable to the people. They're, they're answerable to the private interest groups that have put them there. Here again on the far left or right. We have the American people in their, their lack of, of being informed uh, responsible for Obamacare. Uh, Barack Obama is a symptom, a reflection, a mirror of what the American people don't know. They believe the guy. Okay? I could go on and on. So uh, what you're saying here is, is very succinct. I agree with everything you've said this morning. But, but the problem is much bigger than that. It's the American people. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. They don't care. They simply don't care, sir. How do you change that Change that mindset? Well, you can start with the public school system. Let me make one example. Their basic curriculum, this is a strong general rule, is, is frankly there's a cultural lag there between what an OPS school system and a Millard and a Ralston is turning out and what is needed on Dodge Street. To, to survive, to make a living, okay? Their curriculum is not designed to reflect uh, what industry and, and, and companies and, frankly, capitalism needs. I'll give you one example, and I'll generalize. Mr. Simmons, multimillionaire, owns several fast food re uh, restaurants here in this town. Let, let, let me give an example to, to answer your question. He had time in and time out had kids coming in and they couldn't get ch give change for a five or ten dollar bill when somebody wanted a burger, fr uh, French fries, or shake. He's the one that designed that plastic cap over the register where you had a dollar, five dollars, ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars, and then over to the top on the right of it had the different pictures of foodstuffs, burgers, shakes, apple pies, etc. Right, because he he couldn't afford to have his managers train the kids to to, to 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 add and subtract. Now I know that's a simple simplification of what's going on, but it's a fact. Okay, our, our the, the Japanese, uh, the Germans, the, the people from India, uh, uh, from China, they are they are light years ahead of us when when it comes. They're coming over here, being educated, and going back to the countries and kicking our butts. Uh, we have millions upon millions of dollars leaving this, this country every day because of lack of competition. Uh, Obamacare is, is, is a travesty, and it's going to get worse, my friend. Just, just wait and see. There is no end in sight to it. Uh, anyway, thank you for letting me pontificate here mm. in your program. That's what we no, do it for. You. We appreciate your thoughts. As always, Patrick, uh, thank you for listening to the show. Spread the word if you can. Alan, you, I'll give you uh, first reaction because education, I know, is your your uh, expertise. Yeah, and he would hit the nail right on the head. I mean, people would rather watch the Kardashians and The Apprentice <laughs> than than give a crap about what's going on with policy. I mean, that's why we elect the people that we do in this country. At the end of the day, because you're always trying to go to the lowest common denominator when people read at a oh i don't know fourth fifth sixth grade level that's what the newspapers try to target you know that says something about our population I, i'm afraid to say that but you know at the end of the day it's true uh the population as a whole really doesn't care until it hits their pocketbook in drastic fashion and then they start to wake up which I think Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, mind you, they come, they're, they're hitting two different targets, but they're firing up the population because I think the, the people of this country are starting to wake up to the political establishment class and want to blow it up. Uh, make me wonder, we were talking, Andy and I were talking earlier about, um, President Camacho uh, from Idiocracy. Dude, That's basically what we have this, this... <laughs> Remember President Camacho yeah. from Idiocracy? Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite um, movies, if you haven't seen it, Idiocracy. And by the way, you can check out uh, a whole segment we did. It was pretty fun. Idiocracy and healthcare reform. Yeah. 
Geez, that was like two years ago, and it's yes, already it starting to come. President Camacho, he was he was the man. Uh, what do we got uh, coming up next segment on your end? Uh, we have a dwindling population in rural health care. Rural Iowa counties are causing health care issues. We also have how health care revolution came to one red state while the Obamacare battle rages on. I have uh, Don't Let Obamacare your Be Your Business's April Fool. Uh, the exclusive on healthreformexplained.com. More of your calls at 402-342-1290 if you want to vent like Patrick did. That is uh, your opportunity. This is your microphone. Just no F-bombs, please. And we'll be right back. Are you a business owner seeing your bottom line squeezed by rising health care costs? I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded E.D. Bellis Healthcare Consulting to provide health reform consulting so that your business does not get caught off with all the uncertainty in Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill when the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let me guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing government rules and regulations that will impact your organization regardless of size. I offer custom services, including cost reduction strategies, training seminars for you and your employees, and strategic planning to help you prepare for the future. Regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, this issue is here to stay. Contact me today for a free consultation at www.healthreformexplained.com. That's www.healthreformexplained.com. At E.D. Ballas, we know healthcare. They say every business should have an elevator pitch. Here's ours. We are E.D. Bellis, a consulting company specializing in healthcare reform, helping businesses navigate the new law. For more, go to healthreformexplained.com. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Striking a few chords this week. Uh, our super producer, Matt Barros, is shaking over there from our last caller. How's it going today? Oh, my gosh. That last caller hit it right on the nose, man. I'll tell you what. This is, this is, I've been saying this. There's something that, that people say on the other side of the street, and that is don't hate the player, hate the game, right? And he, that's exactly what he was talking about. You can't hate Obama. It's the people that put him there. They, they, and now they want to put Bernie there, like, like they haven't learned their lesson yet. And I'll tell you what, the only people that are waking up are the people that actually work for a living, are the people that actually earn a paycheck and have, that, have those taxes drained away from them. And let me tell you one last thing, and that is that I don't really blame the ignorant people because we've always had those. You had Roman philosophers talking about how people were ignorant and they cared more about the pebble in their shoe than the war that was going on across, you know, and they're spending money on foreign policy, etc., etc. What The people that I can't stand are the ones that get microphones like this. I'll leave them unnamed. But then they spread that 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 ignorance and that, and that just stupidity all across the town when they get a hold of a microphone like this. Those are the people that I really can't stand. I'm oh done. Oh my God. <laughs> Ship it up. Like, what's the bell? Ring the bell, man. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. God. Woo, you're fired up today, man. What are you sick of? We played What Are You Sick Of? If you, It seems like one of those <laughs> days. It's One Are You Sick Of at 402-342-1290. We just got a text. Uh, two texts, actually. Uh, Obama says that America can learn a lot from Cuban health care and human rights. Yeah, hell no on that. I've got friends in, in Miami who came over and their families came over from Cuba. And I would say that that's why the Cuban doctors are leaving the freaking country and coming here or going to Venezuela or going elsewhere. And if you really want to look in depth at Cuba, it's still a poor country. They are not rich by any means. They're driving 1950 Chevy Corsairs for crying out loud. Do we want to be like that? I, I don't think so. He, somebody's trying to fire all of us up because I'm telling you what, I came in here kind of in a slumber and I'll tell you what, I'm getting PO'd right now because of P 
people who think that Cuba and their health care is better than ours, I got two words for you. Stink it, because at the end of the day... <laughs> DX. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're the best country in the world. We're the best health care system on the planet. No matter what people say, yes, we have problems and we need to fix them, but we need to elect people and leaders who can do that and get government out and let's work I, with I the free market. I, I got to disagree, though. I don't think we have the best health care system. I don't know who does, but I don't, I don't think we have the best. I don't know who does, but I, I think we do. From, from an innovation standpoint, though, I would say yes. Why do people yeah. come here? Because uh, of innovation. Yeah, exactly. That's but is innovation something. number one when there's this much fraud, waste, and abuse in the system? That's government's problem. We got to get government out. Just roll them back like Walmart. Roll back regulations like Absolutely. Walmart roll backs, yes. rolls back prices. I want a candidate that says that. You know, I want free market solutions. I am sick of government solutions because they never solve anything. I haven't seen one government program solve anything. Even ethanol doesn't solve our problem. Oh, we got another fired up caller. Guys, here. we got another. We got another. We got another live one, guys. All right, Ron. Uh, Ron, you're on America's Healthcare Challenge and fired up. What you got today? I just happened to listen to your station, and and uh, you guys sound like young guys, and you get it. Thanks, man. Thanks. So, you know, I'm going to be like I told your screener. I'm going to be seventy in a couple weeks. And uh, born and raised in Omaha, and what I see going on in this city, in this state, is beyond my wildest dreams when I was 20. And uh, I could cruise any place in this town in my hot rod Chevy in the 60s, and nobody bothered you, day or night. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that today. And uh, it just everything seems like it's upside down. All the laws, all the regulations, we pr protect the criminals, and we uh, don't worry about the victims. It's, uh, the whole thing's terrible. Uh, the price of college, I tell you what, guys. In 1969 or 70, I was making four bucks an hour as a lithographer, working nights, going to UNO days for 12 bucks a credit hour. Now it's how much a credit? Now it's like $300 a credit hour. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Back, back when I was a kid, you could work at the packing house all summer and make enough money to go to Lincoln all fall. You can't do that nowadays. No, because I think government has had uh, its hand in destroying the programs. Let me tell you what, my mo I'm from South Omaha. My mother and father were packing house workers, and uh, they were all big Democrats, and I dropped that with Carter, and I've been a Republican ever since. But they, they called me this fall on a donation, and I said, uh, I don't know if I can do it because there's no difference. And I, I hope I can say this on the radio. And I told the and the gal wouldn't let go. She kept bugging me about a donation. I finally told her, "Hey, lady, they're all a bunch of pimps and whores. On both sides, starting at the lowest level. If you belong to a homeowners association, they're they're crooks. Or city governments, it, it's uh, it's terrible. It, it, it really is. We've trusted our politicians, and all they've done is let us down a road that that is no good for the hard working guy." And they and they're getting rich off of the process. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on; they're both a bunch of corrupt crooks. Absolutely, and no doubt about it. We need a third party, I guess, in this country because, yeah, uh, from what I see coming, and that's why I like Trump. To be honest with you, or you know, I'll, I'll vote for Cruz, Trump, Cruz, either one. We need to get back to the Constitution, and we need to get back to free market capitalism and the whole nine yards because. We have going now is, is not working. Uh, we have too many people out of work. Our manufacturing's gone. We have too many regulations. It's too hard to be in business for a small businessman. The whole thing just uh, just uh, sick. Well, and you know, you you hit the nerve right on the head. And you know, I saw an article this morning in the Tallahassee Democrat. It said spiking health care costs under the Affordable Care Act is a myth. Now I don't know what rock they're living under. But that's a that, that that's that, I don't know where they're coming up with that because well, it, it's insane. That's the other thing is our media is so crooked nowadays. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're just pretty lucky that to a certain degree that we live in Omaha because the unemployment rate is pretty good. I have three daughters. Uh, 
they all work. Two of them uh, work full time jobs. They got I put them through Creighton, and they have a uh, uh, good jobs. And uh, so at least uh, you know, and then they have some mobility if they want to go someplace else. But I feel sorry for other parts of the country where manufacturing. Uh, you take the city, uh, the state of Michigan, the city of Detroit, and around there with the car manufacturing, all that's leaving. It's going to Mexico, going to China, going everywhere else but here. And uh, I, I tell you, my idea is. Okay, we got to hurt. We got to wrap this up. Unfortunately, my you know, they, producer's they, they telling us we got to break. They talk about corporations. Corporations should take the taxes they pay and give it to all the employees that are making less than 100 a year. Just think how that would stimulate the economy. Number one, the employees would get a big fat raise. Right. They'd have to pay more income taxes. They'd go out and spend money. And uh, uh, to me, uh, corporations, they, they we got to lower that tax rate to, to something that's very competitive or drop it completely. And, and uh, the uh, corporations will pass that money on to the employers. And I'm not talking to CEOs and the guys making a million right. bucks a year. I'm talking to the guy that's making sixty-five, seventy, eighty thousand bucks a year, and he's going to get a twenty thousand dollar year raise. He's going to go out and he's going to have a good time with that money and spend it on a new car or right. Uh, that's right. A house or something. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ron, for your call. We're going to go to break at this point. Uh, that opens up a line at four zero two three four two twelve ninety or eight hundred five seven seven twelve ninety. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade? All the days, from this day to that, for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Are you feeling overwhelmed, depressed, or angry? Is your child or teenager acting out? Healing Tree Counseling wants to help. Located at 10th and Dodge, Healing Tree offers individual, family, and couples therapy. Bill and Laura are exceptional at working with children and adolescents. Ask around. They have a great reputation. Healing Tree accepts most insurance companies. They offer flexible payment plans and are confidential. Their personalized service and unique office sets them apart from larger agencies. Visit HealingTreeOmaha.com for more information. Edie Bellis is a healthcare reform consulting company with valuable information that is up to date and easy to understand. We have solutions to manage compliance, minimize penalties and taxes, and all other options. Check out healthreformexplained.com. Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Check out uh, my blog post from the week on healthreformexplained.com. Like Mr. C.T. said, don't be a fool. Don't let your company be Obamacare's April Fool. If you have over 50 employees, you need to fill out the official IRS report and send out those 1095C reports to your employees or the penalties begin April 1st. Check out that article and more about how Edie Bellis helps solve that problem for your business. 402-342-1290. First up is Trent here on the program. How's it going, Trent? Well, it's going really good, guys. It's interesting what you're talking about because what we really see is you are either a globalist or you are a nationalist. And you can be a nationalist and be for free trade, and it doesn't mean you're a racist, um, but the globalists are the elites who, who are in control, and they are for centralization, they are for empire building, they are for collectivization, and an unarmed populace. And the healthcare, 
the Obamacare Act was just another step uh, in a, a globalization environment. And until the, the voting public makes a change, that's the way we're going to go. What could the public even do to change that? Or, I mean, don't they have so much power anyways? Is this like OPEC and healthcare? In, in the United States, we, we could still make a lot of changes depending on, on, on who you vote for. The problem is the, the voting electorate has, is now a 50, 50% taker versus 50% maker. So you're not going to get votes for a nationalist agenda um, from, from those individuals. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that, that's an interesting take on on that because that's something we've been talking about on this show, I think. Uh, you know, the takers and the makers, and right now it seems like, you know, the takers have their guy in the office and they just keep take, 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 take away from every maker, and it's destroying our economy, it's destroying our identity, it's destroying everything that we, we do in this country. An interesting article in Business Insider uh, today on a Pfizer executive who went down to Cuba to study their health care system. Um, and really what he says in it, uh, he, he, he talks highly of it, um, yet he talks about shortages for drugs um, and how they have really nice museums um, about what their pharmacies used to look like 100 years ago, which ironically look exactly the same today, um, and how all the good doctors are desperate to get out of the country. Because they don't make much down there, do they? They don't make anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a communist government. What did you think of the picture? Of, was it uh, the president in front of, was it Che Guevara? Yeah. I don't know how why more people weren't outraged about that. I mean, Che, uh, 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 a racist in his own right, um, a, a communist who murdered many, many innocent people. And we hold that up as something to, to look towards. Well, and unbelievable. At, well, and at the same time, I thought that it was unfortunate, but the president looked awful comfortable with that optic standing there, uh, with that in the background. Information. Yes, information, which just shows not only is he a socialist, in my opinion, but man, he sure looked like a pretty lackadaisical communist in that picture, in my opinion. High crimes, misdemeanors. What? Yeah. You know, and then he said a couple of days later to a bunch of Argentinian youth that uh, socialism, capitalism, communism, they're basically all the same. You just have to pick and choose what, what works for me. And unfortunately, yeah, and, and the thing is, I think that this generation, the millennials, are all listening to that going, well, we don't care. They want to they wanna put limits on the First Amendment. They want to get rid of the Second Amendment. They, they want a globalist environment i think is what it looks like to me would you not agree to that i don't think they know what they want i think there's uh, some brainwashing going on i think the media definitely has something to do with that I mean, if you really talk about liberty um and liberty hasn't been tried out for very long it's a, it's a fairly new uh, uh it's a fairly new idea really in the history of the world and uh socialism and communism and authoritarianism those are very old and they've been around for a long time and they've proven to to not work very well um, but I got to go, guys, because I have to go do my taxes, and there's a bunch of new forms this year. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Thanks for the call, Trent. Thanks, Four, Trent. Two, three, four, two, twelve, ninety. Jim, here on the program. How you doing today, Jim? Hey, not bad, Sean and Alan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was listening to some of your callers today. I get you guys got a heck of a show. Got everybody just rolled up here today. Uh, that's a good thing to hear because a comment that even your last caller made and the one before that. The one before that mentioned something about the, the idea of a third party and everything, and the gentleman that you just talked to talked about the electric, uh, basically givers and takers, 50-50. So what we have in our, in our country, um, the system we have is this party system of the Republicans and Democrats. We have a choice between two candidates. Um, obviously, if we actually look to the 12th Amendment, we could probably see that what the 12th Amendment says is we haven't been following for a good century, uh, if not longer. Uh, so my, my question to you two, Alan and, and Sean and your listeners okay. and our fellow Americans, if you had the choice of choosing between four or more candidates in November, would that be okay with you? Yes. Well, yes. We do know that we do know that the underlying candidates are there. 
We know that. They're not really put on the ballots. They're not really having a chance to. No, because the ballot access laws are so prohibitive for some of these guys to even get on in all 50 states. Well, there you go. That's exactly what I was going to go to next, and you just took me right to that direction. <laughs> well, Here's because I. Point. Here's a quick point here. We have to look at the election law. The states run the, the states run the elections, as we know. The states run the general election. Right. Their laws are put together to form how the election is going to be run. Those laws are put together by the two parties and no one else. The two parties make the laws to where it's hard for anybody else but those two parties to be on the on the uh, on the ballot. My point that I'm trying to get at is we the people need to look at the state laws on elections. And we need to change those laws to where we would not have only two choices. We've had only two choices for how many decades? Oh, a long time. And, Jim, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, just even get on the primary ballot in uh, some of these states like Illinois, you have to have like 12% of the actual uh, Republican electorate sign a petition for you in Illinois. Right. Um, and then you have to provide like four thousand dollars. And you're just talking primaries. And I'm just talking primaries. Yeah, I'm not exactly. even talking the general election. There you go. And so, so this, yeah. This is I bring this question up for that reason. We sit here every uh, every four years talking about well, geez, we only get the same the same two candidates. Well, that's all we got to uh, to choose from. Well, you mm-hmm. you only got that to choose from because you don't understand your own laws that your states are passing. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, absolutely. And thank you so much for your call, Jim. What irritates me is yeah. that, um, and, and whether you're for Trump or not, the fact that um, the if he wins, he should get the nomination because that that's what the people want. And right. the fact that the people, uh, when you go back to that Fox News debate, the very first one where he was the one that was gave himself an out as far as not supporting the nominee if it wasn't him, whereas everybody right. else said that they would, and now well, that they won't. Well, look I mean, at today. Ted Cruz is saying that he might not support Trump if he's the nominee because the blood is so ugly right now in the Republican Party between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz that I don't know that either one would support the other or if one or the other asked him to be vice president, I don't know that they would do that because it's gotten just downright nasty this week in the Republican world. It was nasty between John McCain and uh, George W. Bush it's back in. It's uglier this year. You think so? I think there's oh, just. Oh, dude, when I you're think starting to bring media. out the wives, dude, and, and, remember what the Bush campaign did to John McCain in oh, 2000? Yeah. They swift boated him just like they did Kerry in 04. <laughs> John Kerry, I forgot. yeah, yeah, our, our Secretary of State. Yes. Um, final segment. Um, it's Happy Birthday ACA this week. It turned six, and so we're going to. Uh, uh, look at both sides of it. Uh, the Democrats celebrated it, and uh, the Republicans uh, argued against it. And we will uh, share that and our final thoughts with you next. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. You're killing me, Small. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomenandatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Do you like being the smartest person in the room go to healthreformexplained.com and learn about being a licensed ed bellis healthcare consultant know enough about obamacare to be dangerous because you'll be personally trained by me sean mcguire click healthreformexplained.com you are listening to america's healthcare challenge with sean mcguire Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, You say it's your birthday. It's the birthday of the ACA this week. March 23rd, 2010 was the day that it passed, and we've got about 17 million people here 
that are covered, and uh, the sh- the law has remains uh, sharply divided. But Alan Hager, I would argue that this is uh, again probably one of the largest pieces of legislation that's ever been passed in a lifetime. Oh, I, I couldn't disagree with that at all because it is the largest piece of legislation that's passed in my lifetime. Uh, the only thing bigger maybe it would be the Great Society, Medicare, you know, maybe Social Security under Roosevelt. But at the end of the day, this this has the potential to be the largest transformation of our nation's economy in its history. I mean, because we're talking, what, one-fifth, one-sixth of our economy is health care? This is crazy. And I'm all for free markets. I am not for socialized medicine. And frankly, that's what I see coming down the pipe in this regard. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Sounds about right. Just yeah. like the actuarial value. Expecting yeah. Americans to come up with 40% of the cost. Yeah. And there are cost protections in the law, but they're tied to inflation, and that keeps going up. So now people are going to have to come up with $7,000 before their benefits really kick in. Yeah, or 12 cases, If they make more than, you know, what goes to, to a yeah. subsidy. But then if that was the case, then the, the taxpayers are paying. Right. And yet again, yeah. the middle class is getting bent over. You know, Bernie wants to tax everybody on health care thinking it's good. But you know what? I'm in the middle class, and I'm getting sick of getting taxed to death. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all the Democrats offer are tax uh, increases and increases in spending and no asking people to be responsible. Is it too hard to ask people to be responsible for their own self? Give me a break. Here's an interesting article, though, just uh, it's some critiques. But the co-ops, 12 of the 23 co-ops established by the ACA have failed thus far and have been able, unable to pay back $1.2 billion in startup loans. These are all your taxpayer dollars, and you said you're mad about your taxes going up. This state-run exchanges awarded a total of $5 billion in grants to states, and about seven twenty nine went to states that decided to not even build an exchange and then have the feds do it. So that was double spending. Healthcare.gov, after spending $2 billion to construct it, it failed at launch and is still unfinished. They want an extra $500 million a year to keep it running next year. God, we could have spent a sure. million dollars on that site and made it better. I got a WordPress account. I probably could have done a better job. Insurance bailouts. This year, the mom administration announced it was diverting $3.5 billion meant for Treasury to insurance companies to cover the losses suffered from people under Obamacare. Improper subsidies, which are taxpayer dollars. Report from the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee found that the ACA handed out $750 million in subsidies more than to more than half a million people who weren't eligible for coverage because they didn't verify their citizenship status. IRS costs, because the ACA relies on the IRS to enforce things like Edie Bellis helps people with, uh, that's an extra $881 million. The paperwork burden that they found uh, just to comply with the 106 new regulations is $45 billion. You know, next week I want to talk about who pays for health care mandates. Because I think that ties in with increases in costs all across the board. And I think that it would be an important subject to talk about. That sounds good. We'll, we'll do that next week. Yeah, I think we should. All right, until next time, check out uh, our segments on our SoundCloud page if you like this show. Check out others for Alan Hager and Matt Barrows. I am Sean McGuire. See you next time.